0: Now, here is the top news stories of the day with Larry Hardesty. Guess what? They found him. He's back. Robinson Cano. Made his long-awaited return to the Mets today after a mysterious absence. You know, during the summer camps, the team have not been commenting on when players are attending or not. As a matter of fact, they've made it clear that players don't always have to attend every workout. But Cano did participate in today's practice, even though he sat out tonight's interest squad game. The A-Rod J-Lo team still in the running for ownership of the Mets. This, according to Sportico, other bidders were informed that they're still in the running. Hedge Fund Titan and current Mets minority owner Steve Cohen, Sixers Devils Josh Harris and a fourth unidentified party. The groups were informed of their status by the investment bank Allen & Company, which is overseeing the sale process for the Wilpon family, which currently owns the team. By the way, according to the report, SNY, the regional sports network that televises most Met games, is not part of the sale. I'm still not sure how that's going to work. I think when you look at teams that are very successful, Yankees, Dodgers, Astros, some of the big ticket teams, the fact that they have extra income from their regional sports networks gives them extra money and helps them to supplement some of the deals that they want to have. So, I still think if this deal is going to go through and it's going to be serious, the Mets, the Wilpons are going to have to include SNY in that deal. At the stadium, Aaron Judge was back on the field for the first time in four days, but not back in the lineup. He missed the early work with the Yankee outfielders today, but came out during batting practice. He took batting practice and was shagging fly balls in right field. Remember, Judge was removed from Saturday's lineup with a stiff neck. He missed Sunday's inter-squad game and workouts yesterday. Also in the Bronx, no update on when Yankees will get back DJ LeMahieu. He was arguably their MVP last season, but tested positive for the coronavirus before traveling to the Big Apple for camp. He's been working out in Michigan, waiting for the all clear to report. Tuesday night, Gio Ursella played at second at the end of the Inter-Squad game to give him some reps and to give Aaron Boone a, a view at you know maybe some more options until DJ gets back. Speaking of the Yankees, Michael Kay said today that. He believes this team is going to battle the Yankees for the AL title. Between the Yankees and the Rays, it's going to come down to the 10 games they play each other. And the Rays have an advantage because the
1: six games they play for the natural rival in the interleague is against Miami. Miami's getting better as an organization, but their team is not going to be great. The six games the Yankees play are against the Mets. Mets are much better than the Marlins. So that could be the difference right there. I think that Tampa Bay has a very good team. Even if it was a 162-game season, it'd be between the Yankees and Tampa Bay in the East. So Tampa Bay, don't discount them. They don't have the payroll of the big market teams, but they, they're real smart they do things the right way and they do have a very good bullpen and they've handled the opener very well so that could play a role
0: no question and the opener is going to play a role i think in coming back in this shortened season right because when you look and you figure that some of the starters will not have been stretched out you're going to have to use your opener i think in some cases as the fourth or fifth starter so uh That's going to be interesting because Tampa has done that and done that very, very well. Let's move to the NBA. Where Nets forward Michael Beasley, you know, signed last week as a replacement player, guess what? He's tested positive for the coronavirus and left the NBA restart in Orlando, Florida. It brings the number of Nets who've tested positive for the coronavirus to a staggering 8, with a ninth having opted out of the restart over the COVID-19 concerns. The Nets did bring back six-foot-eight, 6'8", 235-pound forward Lance Thomas. Nick fans remember him as a replacement today to give them some size and locker room experience. Ooh, let's talk some hockey. As the Rangers prepare for their postseason push, many have inserted Igor Shesterkin as the number one goalkeeper. But Henry Lundqvist, not giving up the number one slot so easy. Here's the king on the three-goalie battle.
1: Obviously, we're three guys competing for one spot. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, he gets to play, but um, I'm not. I'm not looking too far. I'm just. I'm, I'm taking it week by week by week right now. And, and again, the the three things I, I try to control and can control: physical, technical, mental. Uh, I feel like I'm well prepared there. And, and um, yeah, I'm just gonna give it my all there during camp, and we'll see what happens.
0: Coach David Quinn, how are you going to decide who's number one?
1: A lot is going to go into this decision because of the unique circumstances, and I actually had a meeting with all three of them today telling them how important the next three weeks are going to be. That being said, it's not just about these last three weeks. There's also a lot of other things to take in consideration, to your point. You know, Henrik's success against these guys, uh, the seasons guys were having, what was going on when we left off. So there's going to be a lot that goes into it, but in the one position, probably more than any, uh, these next three weeks are going to be pivotal for the goaltenders.
0: Listen, I understand Shesterkin is the future, and he's been phenomenal in goal this year. There's no question about it. And Lundqvist, you know, as the third guy, has not played well. But you know what? In the postseason, ah, he's been so good. You love the experience. You love what he's brought to the table. You know what you can expect from him. He's been really, really good in these situations. And, you know, I know it's a little different now, right? You think for the young goalkeepers, the young players, they're just out there. They're going through it. You know, they've experienced this regular hockey to them. They're going out there. They're doing it. But for me, I I would like to see the king in between the pipes when it counts. Because David Quinn weighs in on managing the roster during this restart.
1: Yeah, that's going to be a game-to-game situation obviously uh that being said um you know we have faith in everybody you know we think that we've got uh, guys that can step in and play but again that's it's uh it's gonna it, i i think managing that is going to be no different in a lot of ways than the way you manage it in the regular season i think our guys are going to be clear on what's expected of them what they're going to have to do you know, the one thing we don't have now, you can't really let a guy play through a long, long period of bad play. So there may be a little bit of, uh, you may have a little bit of a quick trigger or maybe move things around a little bit quicker than you would in the regular season. But, uh, you know, I mean, we want to make this, uh, obviously it is playoff hockey. That being said, it's still hockey. We need to continue to do the things that we've done throughout the last two and a half months of the season to put ourselves in a position where we're playing still.
0: You know, Minka Zibanejad was one of the hottest players for the Rangers down the stretch before the you know season was stopped. So we'll hear from him tomorrow, plus Rangers president John Davidson. That's top stories. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you, Kyrie. one eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. 919 3776 also on Twitter at Hardest ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. If you were Nick's GM, how would you make up the team? Rookies and draft choices, free agents and veterans, or vets and rookies.